Hello and welcome to Western New York Brews. My name is Scott. I'm a homebrewer just outside of Buffalo, New York. I'm a member of the Das Haus Brauers Homebrew Club, and this is Buffalo's Beer and Brewing Podcast. On this episode, I'm talking to Brian Huntley from Short Circuited Brewers. You can find them on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash short circuited brewers. They are one of the resources that I was going to while putting together the new uh, home brewery down here, which is based on a grain father and a robo brewer. They're sitting side by side. So check out the YouTube channel, uh, WNY Brews as well, where I'm going to be going side by side on those. But in the meantime, Short Circuited Brewers has a bunch of videos about the robo brew version three. And uh, we're going to talk about setting up an electric brewing system and the considerations that you have to deal with when doing so. The power considerations, the ventilation, and all that. Again, find them at youtube.com forward slash short-circuited brewers. And at the end, we go through all of the other places where you can find them uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, and of course at their website, shortcircuitedbrewers.com. So as always, I want to read you a podcast review. And if you wouldn't mind, if you haven't already, going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast and rating and reviewing this podcast so that other people can find it when they search for things like uh, brewing or beer. So this one says, great local focus, says, love this series with Scott. He does a great job of letting you know about his local area when it comes to beer. Makes me want to go and visit. And it says it's from Aaron from Canada. So I'm assuming that that's Aaron from uh, the Cascadian Beer Podcast, which is another great podcast that you should go listen to. It's the Cascadian Beer Podcast. And if you're into beer podcasts, check out the Hopped Up Network. And if you're into beer podcasts, you should be checking out the Hopped Up Network. It's a network of independent beer podcasts across the country to share their local brewing scenes as well as some great conversations. So check that out at hoppedupnetwork.com. And here's a quick preview of one of those shows. If you are looking for more beer podcasts just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Talking Point, a topic that invites discussion or argument. Drinking Points, topics that invite discussion about local history over a cold beer. Hey everyone, I'm Haley. And I'm Troy. And we are Drinking Points, a history podcast brewed for your enjoyment. Join us as we discuss history and brews from Buffalo, New York, and beyond. Find us on the Hopped Up Network. So last thing I want to do before we get into the interview with Brian Huntley is let you know about a resource I'm working on on West New York Brews, on WNYBrews.com. If you go to WNYBrews.com forward slash water, especially if you're local, if you're in the Western New York area, you can search for water profiles based on your location uh, and the number of miles away. And at, at the moment, there's five water profiles up there. Mine is one of them. Uh, thank you to everyone else who shared their water profile so far off the top of my head. Um, Bill from Das House Browers and Scott from Das House Browers. And um, Scott from 12 Gates, uh, Clay over at 42 North, 
mine. I think those are the five up there. There might even be a sixth that I'm forgetting about right now. But it shows the concentration of the brewing ions so that you can adjust the water here to better fit your recipe. If you have a water profile that you wouldn't mind sharing with other local homebrewers, if you would, please email it to me at scott at wnybrews.com. I won't put your address on there. What I've been doing is tagging it to a, a local landmark close to your house. So for me, I tagged it to uh, the library close to my house. Uh, somebody else was next to the stadium, so I tagged it next to uh, New Era Field. I'm, I'm tagging them based on a location in the same neighborhood. But the idea is to show a water profile for a neighborhood that you are close to or that you possibly are living in. So, again, if you have one and don't mind sharing, please email it to me, scott at wnybrews.com. I will put it up with no identifying information, and I'll take out your address and all of that so that other people in the area can find a water profile based on where they are. You'll see that they're all extremely similar, but still, I think it's a worthwhile thing so that people can see uh, the different dates at which these were tested and the different locations across Western New York. So here is the interview with Brian Huntley from Short Circuited Brewers, and I'll see you on the other side. It was pretty close to that. It was probably five or six years ago now, uh, something like that. I've been brewing for pretty close to 10 years, but right. I actually started the, the actual uh, YouTube uh, channel about that time. So. So when you started, you started, uh, I was listening to the, uh, the experimental brewing podcast. Yeah. It sounded like you went extract partial mash and then boom, all grain. And then how long did it take you to go completely electric? I probably did. I'm going to say maybe five or six batches, uh, with propane. Five or and six. I just, I, yeah, I just, I just got so tired of, you know, running out of propane mid boil um, having to go and, and, you know, pay 17, $18, uh, you know, for a, a container of propane. I don't know what yeah. you guys pay over there in New York, but yeah, about that. it's expensive. And I found the electricbrewery.com and, you know, was really intrigued by that. Um, I actually had a, a short stint as an electrician, uh, when I was uh, growing up in Texas. So I, I understood electric and understood, you know, the, what you need to do to be safe and, and, you know, how, you need to, to treat it respectfully and, and, you know, what, what is, what is positive, what is negative, you know, what's neutral, all that stuff. So, you know, yeah. I understood that part of it. So it all made sense to me and I didn't have a hard time understanding it. So I thought, you know, this is something that I, that I, I need to do this because it would be so much easier to do that. So, and, and I could plug into the wall, I could brew and I wouldn't have to worry about running out for propane or anything like that. I could also, you know, repeatability. If I had a beer that I liked, I could brew it and, you know, I could follow the same, same uh, parameters as far as the mash and all that goes. And then as long as fermentation was the same, then I should get the same beer every time. So you're in Ohio, is that right? That is correct. Yep. All right. So you have, you have cold winters there too. That's absolutely. And, and it gets, you know, even, even with the door cracked a little bit in the, in the garage, it, it still gets pretty cold and, if you shut the door, then, you know, you're you're running into some hazards with propane because, you know, it puts out some CO2 and, 
you don't want to wind up in a situation where, you know, your wife finds you passed out in the garage because you were brewing beer. (laughs) Cursing beer. Never a good scenario. Exactly. I always have these visions of my kids someday avenging my death against brewers. (laughs) Then brewing indoors, the first system that you, you used was what kind of a system? Electric system. Yeah, so I, I was still in the garage. Um, okay. I ran a line out to the garage and had a spa panel out there. Yeah. And I was doing a rim system at the time. So I was doing like a 110-volt rim system with a rims tube and then doing a 240-volt kettle and boiling out in the garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right around that time that I met the other two guys that kind of started the whole short circuit of brewers thing because of the fact that uh, I was selling my Kegel at the time. And I, I met one of the guys and he was like, why are you selling? And kind of told him and they came over and it was, it was kind of funny because it was like uh, cavemen seeing fire for the first time, you know, with the, they came over and I was brewing and, and they saw the boil and there was no noise. It was like, it was just, you know, some wart bubbling a little bit, but other than that, there was like no propane, you know, jet noise, yeah, nothing like that. And they were like, Oh my gosh, what is this? You know, we, we have to try that. And so then, you know, both of them, I wound up building a system for one of the guys, one the other guy wound up building a nice. a one barrel system for himself. And uh, so it was, you know, it was one of those things where it was like it was it, it just it just caught like wildfire and, and kind of spread between the three of us and and uh I mean I I, I enjoy it. So you, you built a three a three vessel herm system? That after the rib system, one of the issues that I had with the rim system, and, and, and you know, it's one of those things is you, you, you live and learn. I, I realized that uh, the way I made the, the way I designed the rim system, I had an element that was about this long, probably four or five inches long. I had an 18 inch rims tube with a probe at the top. And so the different, the distance between those two was pretty vast. And what was happening was the wart was heating up around the element before the probe was recognizing it. And what would happen was I, I actually scorched a couple batches, and, and that was what kind of led me to the Herm side of the system you know, of, of brewing was because, you know, I was I was very upset about you know losing a batch of beer because I mean it, it once you scorch it it's done and, and there's nothing you can do about it so yeah uh, you know it was one of those things where I I scorched a couple batches and and I was just like you know what I'm done with this <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move on to the Herm system where you know the element doesn't touch the wort until it gets into the boil kettle. And I should be good then. So, you know, in hindsight, I could have made it work. But, uh, you know, I was kind of in the infancy of learning how to do the systems and didn't understand what I was doing well enough. And, I, you know, I got the stuff from Brew Hardware. I think all they had at the time, you know, as typical, you know, brewers were always anxious to get on to whatever we're doing. And and I bought that. He was out of stock of everything but the 18-inch rims tube. And so when I I bought it, you know, I I should have waited until he got back in stock of something shorter. So I would have had a better... (laughs) reaction time, <laughs> you know, so I was saying you, you live, you learn and you, you, you figure out from your mistakes, but that was the, that was the, uh, the thing that kind of drove me to the three vessel harm system. And and then, you know, recently I've kind of been going back the other direction to smaller, more, you know, compact systems. I still love my harm system. I, you know, I could brew 10 gallons of beer on it, but if I want to bust out a small batch of beer, probably, you know, Bruno bag is going to be the way to go. Yeah. Is the three the three tier system is I'm sorry the three vessel system is the one that we can see on your YouTube channel? That is correct. Yeah, that's the one that's usually behind me in every video. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you the part of your system that I covet. It's the hood. Uh, (laughs) The funny part about the hood is the the hood is a stainless steel skin over a wooden box. Okay. That has 
almost a hundred dollars worth of flex seal in it because uh-huh. I didn't know it was going <laughs> to not go as far as it did. <laughs> and once I got started, it was like, Oh crap. I, so I got to, you know, I had to go buy like five more cans to finish it out, but I've never had any issue with it. You know, it, 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 it cost, uh, it would, it, it probably a fraction of the cost of a full stainless steel hood. Yeah. And I've never had any issues with it. So it was one of, you know, the, one of the guys that was actually in the, uh, in, in the, uh, short circuit of brewers beginning, uh, Mike, that, that is the wood craftsman. He built the box that I put the skin around. And, and, uh, so it was, you know, it was one of those things where it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice piece of, uh, equipment. You don't need that. And I probably, because of the fact that it's so large, if you can kind of see that that is actually a piece of styrofoam in there to try to direct everything to the vent because of the fact that yeah. it fills up the entire box okay. and there's not it's like a 640 CF fan, CFM fan. That pulls everything out and it doesn't have enough suction to pull everything out if I don't have that divider in there. All right. Um, So which kind of brings me to another point, you know, with brewing indoors with propane, you would have to have probably four or five times that amount of CFM to exhaust any, you know, noxious gases and everything out as opposed to just not, you know, venting the steam. And then enough um, air to fill in that room again. Because you're you're combusting. Um, exactly. Yep. Yep. So let's let's talk ventilation. Let's talk requirements. Sure. Sure. Um, so building an electric brewery. Let's assume inside. Because why wouldn't mm-hmm. you? If you're going to go electric, you might as well go inside. And I'll, right. I'll show exactly. you what I have in a moment. But um, power is is probably the first concern. Being an electric brewery. Right. Uh, so you said you have yours running on, or you did have it running on a spot pattern. What do you have it running on right now? Power-wise. So current. So what I did after that was actually installed a GFI breaker in the actual uh, main panel of the house, mm-hmm. and it's a thirty amp. So I, I actually installed that in uh, in place of the breaker that was for the stove upstairs because we have a gas stove. So I I disconnected because it, it was like they had a wired they had it plumbed for gas and also electric. So I just took the and for the house upstairs and put a GFI GFCI breaker in there and then ran that line over to the brewery itself. And uh, it's a 30 amp GFCI. So, I mean, I can do, you know, I can do up to like 5,500 Watts with all the pumps and everything, no problem. And uh, you know, be safe. That's, that's the biggest issue with, with electric brewing is being safe and, and making sure that you have that ground fault in the system somewhere, whether it's in the cord in the outlet that you're brewing on or in the breaker box or a spa panel, or, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to protect yourself, but I've said it once I've said it a hundred times, you know, the beer is not worth dying over. So yeah. <laughs> or avenging death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And then with that consideration, now, if not only do you have the 30 amp breaker, then you're going to have to go with the proper gauge wiring. Correct. Um, I just want to, I want to throw it out there. Not that we have to go through the whole thing, just so that if somebody's thinking about it, they're like, Oh, I should look into that too. Right. Um, proper gauge wiring and uh, your receptacles have to be rated to the proper amperage as well. Are you correct? Are you hardwired in on everything, or is everything plugged into a receptacle? Um, I am actually plugged into a receptacle okay. on the control panel, and that is a thirty amp, like a dryer plug outlet with yeah. with actually has four uh, four terminals in it, and. The biggest thing with electric is depending on how far your run is, you, and, and you can go online and find some calculators of, you know, what the voltage and amperage drop is the farther you go. But 
I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I have uh, eight three. I think it is in in the uh, in the run, and it's only probably thirty feet, something like that. Yeah. Um, and you want to make sure that you're transferring that electric power, you know, efficiently and and at full power, full wattage yeah. across whatever distance it is. So, I mean, if you're if you're going 100, 200 feet or whatever, you might have to go even larger than that. But you want to make sure that you're not skimping on the wire from the source to the actual plug that runs the brewery because of the fact that you can have some issues with, you know, things not working properly and and, uh, you know, just just a loss of power and not getting the full effectiveness of your heating elements if you don't have the proper feed wire running from the panel to the actual plug that the brewery goes into. Uh, and Absolutely. the ventilation, as we were just talking about, if I recall correctly, you take your wattage and, and you make an estimate based on your wattage divided by 17.6 or 0.9. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is me, a calculator. With only 3,100 watts here. <clears throat> I came out to about 175. Yes, yeah, so you can use a typical it's kitchen a, hood for that. You know, that's no problem. Me, though. Yeah, that might actually be the design of the hood because you know mine. It's only like I think it's only like 600 CFM, and I, it does drip. But it actually, it's funny because it drips right out of the like right there where my finger is. Yeah. It drips out of that. I took a screw out of the fan. Yeah. And it drips right down into the sink that's right there. Ah, perfect. Because of the condensation that builds up in there. I mean, you're always going to have condensation yeah. inside of a hood or whatever type of exhausting device you're going to use. So, I mean, that, that's something that it's possibility that it's the hood design, not necessarily a lack of CFM pulling everything out. All right. Now, I don't think it's going to raise the, the relative humidity of the room too much. But I no. I don't want to drip into the into the boil and get uh, get my... DMS right back in there. Right. <laughs> or whatever's hanging out on the hood, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> so, I got a brand new hood. But yeah, who knows right. where it's from, right? Right, exactly. So yeah, those are those are the couple of issues with that. And then um, you know, there there is a little bit of debate on, you know, 240 volts versus 110 volts. If you have plenty of time and you don't really care about waiting a little bit, yeah. then you know, 110 volts or 120 volts is 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 fine. Um, you, you can boil probably, I have a system that I'm working on right now that is a 1650 watt, 120 volt system. And it will bring like six gallons to a boil, probably somewhere around an hour, uh, something okay. like that. And, you know, that's what's starting it with the lid on and leaving the lid partially on. So a lot of people have an expectation using 120 volts that, you know, it's going to be quick and no problem. And, yeah. you know, it, it as long as you understand the limitations of that, you know, that amount of voltage and wattage that you can put on that system, then you're okay. But if you really want to knock it out of the park and, and get the full effectiveness and, and realize the full benefit of electric, you're going to almost have to go 240 volts. The same system, uh, I did a test on it with a 5,500 watt element, seven gallons, strike temperature in 17 minutes and wow. full boil from 53 degrees in 28 minutes. Excellent. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's night and day difference between the two of them. It's probably a little bit overkill for that size of volume, but <laughs> right? you, know, you know, if you want, if you want to really shorten your brew day, you can do brew in a bag, you know, that's what it's going to be is a brew in a bag system. And that's yeah. kind of what I wanted it to be was, you know, something I could go in there, knock out a batch real quick and, you know, three or four hours and be done with it. So, 
and the cleanup is minimal on that as well. I mean, you know, there's a lot of cleanup on a, on a three vessel Herm system. You've got yeah. the mash done, you've got, you empty the hot liquor tank and clean the kettle. There's a lot of things that go on with that. Now, you know, to be able to brew the same amount of beer on a Brunenbach system at the gravity that I can brew on the three vessel system, you'd have to have a really large kettle or really large basket or bag and, you know, winch and everything else. I mean, it's, it, it's an economy of scale. So there's a lot of different things that go into deciding what you want to do. Fortunately for me, I'm able to do a little bit of both. So that's been nice. So you mentioned the brew in a bag systems uh, just mm-hmm. now. I mean, those are, that's the grandfather, that's the robo brew, the unibrow. What I was, what I was thinking of calling this episode was in defense of the grandfather. Because when, yeah. <laughs> when I talk to people all the time and I, and I tell them I just went with the grandfather, I get, oh, but you spent six years learning how to brew, so you know what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you get a, a grandfather. Right? And I want to be like, no, 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 no. It's still the same thing. It's it's not um, it's not doing it for you. Right. And, and no, you, you, you still have you still have to, you know, if, if you if you are not brewing with kits or whatever, you still have to formulate a recipe. Yeah. You still have to determine, you know, you let this, I mean, people that use Beersmith are not like, oh, well, you know what you're doing. So you use Beersmith. No, right. I mean, I'm not going to get out a piece of paper and, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Calculating the Prager <laughs> oh, formula. Or, I like you know, that. All right. <laughs> and doing all that stuff to try to calculate my beer. So, I mean, it, it, to me, I don't equate it to any different than, than using like Beersmith for developing a recipe. Yeah, if you use it in Grainfather and you have that whole ecosystem, it's great. Uh, you know, I, I have no complaints. You know, I don't knock that at all. Uh, you still have to know the fundamentals of brewing. You have yeah. to know, you know, you have to sanitize all your equipment. You have to understand fermentation temperatures. You have to understand a lot of other things. It just takes a lot of the guesswork out of brewing with mash temperatures and you know boiling for a certain period of time and yeah. so you know th- there's a lot of there's a lot of things that people you know might take for granted after you know brewing on propane or whatever for a period of time and uh, you know for me I, I want as many people in the hobby as possible because it only benefits us absolutely if, if, if the grandfather or the pico brew or the braumeister or whatever it is makes it easy for them to get into the hobby and enjoy the hobby yeah. Then I'm all for it. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, people people should try to brew their own beer. I, I talk to a lot of people all the time and, you know, I'm I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I meet people outside of the home brewing, you know, hobby. And they're like, oh, yeah, I tried a batch or two or whatever, you know. And and I'm like, well, how long ago was that? You know, so, well, it was like, you know, 10 years ago. Well, you should try it now because yeah, there's right? so many <laughs> things the the you know, the ingredients are so much better. The, you know, the equipments and techniques and, and all that and, and the support from just the community is so much better than it was, you know, five, 10 years ago that it just, you know, that there's no reason not to do it. And, and quite frankly, if, you know, if you can do something that, that makes it the process easier for you, I'm all for that. And, and the other thing about those systems and any electric system, it's so much more efficient than the propane yeah. because of the fact that you lose so much heat outside of the vessel when you're using a propane system. Whereas with an electric system, you're either heating the bottom of the vessel yeah. Or you have an element that's directly into the wart. And I mean, you, you have probably, you know, 80, 90 percent efficiency on that type of system, whereas a propane system, you're 60, maybe 70 percent efficient. Right. And that's even with, you know, a collar around the burner trying to make sure you capture all that heat and put it up on the on the kettle. So, you know, ultimately, the amount of money you spend brewing a batch, even if it's on a 120 volt system, 
is negligible compared to the amount of money you're spending. You know, I used to get probably two to three batches out of one propane tank. And that was like, yeah, it sounds about right. You know, anywhere from 17 to $20 every time I filled it up. Whereas, you know, I can brew a 10 gallon batch on this, on the three vessel harm system behind me. And I spend less than $3, you know? Yeah. So uh, obviously any, rim system we've already talked about rim system herm system and the e-brew in a bag have you tried any of the the picos the brewer uh breweries the um oh what else is there? there's a bunch of other ones the yeah there's a lot of them that have popped up yeah a lot of them that popped up now I, you know i i i really have a lot of concerns over those because of the fact that you know, there's been a lot of experienced brewers that have used those. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take for instance Don Osborne. You know, mm-hmm. he's pretty much a legend in the in the hobby that's been around for a long time, and he didn't have a lot of success in it. And and I don't think it has anything to do with the brewer. It has to do with you know the way that the equipment works, and and you know, and, and I you know I, I don't want to knock a product, but at the same time, you know, it, it I, I I'm a I like to cook. I yeah. like to have control over what I'm doing. So, you know, and that was one of the reasons why I went to all grain was to have control over, you know, what the ingredients were, Absolutely, you know, yeah. how long it matched for all that stuff. And when you start automating stuff, it, it takes a little bit of that personalization and a little bit of that customization out of it that, you know, you can, you can do. It's just like, you know, you, you cook, you know, a pasta dish, maybe you want more butter, you want more pepper, whatever. Right. And you can do that with those systems. You're pretty much bound to, either whatever kit they give you or whatever you go online and configure with their limited system that they have. Yeah, that one scares me when you, when you have to buy their recipes or, or put together right. a recipe and then they send it to you like that scares me. Right. I mean, and you know, and they probably have a place and, and you know, people like them and people use them all the time, but you know, I, I don't know that you get really good beer off of them because of the fact that, you know, you're not stirred a mash. You're not, yeah. You know, doing all these things that are vital to doing an all grain beer properly. Now, I don't, I don't know about the brewery. I mean, it, it, it looks to be, a, it, it's a little bit different than what the, the Pico is. I'm curious I've seen about a little bit brewery. of videos on that. Yeah. <laughs> Every time yeah, I, I go to more beer and it pops up, like, okay. Yeah. All right. I wouldn't mind checking one out if they right? would send me one. I'm, I'm not going to buy one. <laughs> so, have you found any, any cons in electric brewing? Um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot more equipment it does take some knowledge especially if you do a diy system it does take some knowledge of electrical you know components and circuitry and all that even if you buy an off-the-shelf product you need to kind of understand how electric works and and how you know electricity works so you can maintain the system and then the other like con to it is is the initial cost is definitely more than what propane is you know that there's no denying that there's more cost to it beyond those couple of things. I, I really can't think of a whole lot. I mean, you know, you, with a, with a three vessel system like mine, I mean, you definitely do complicate your brewing process with, you know, you got hoses and two pumps and, you know, all that stuff. But at, at, at the same time, you know, if you enjoy that type of thing, then I don't think it bothers you too much, but <laughs> as far, you know, <laughs> as far as, yeah. you know, you can, you can get a, a brew easy system with a couple of burners and, you know, three tier system and, and, uh, you know, or even a three tier system that's, you know, propane and, and do it all gravity and you don't have to worry about any pumps, but kind of depends on, you know, what you like to do. If you like to, if you like to tinker with things and experiment with stuff, then, you know, that makes a lot of sense. If you want to just brew in the garage and, or in the, in the driveway and, 
you know, knock out a batch of beer and don't worry about anything electric, then propane is for you. You know, I mean, I miss it sometimes when it's nice outside in the springtime. And, you know, that that's I think that's where kind of the, the grainfathers or the, the robo brews or, you know, Braumeisters, those come into play where they're 110 volts. You can you can set it up in the garage. You yeah, can just brew, lock it out you know, in the garage with the garage door mm-hmm. open, you know, so. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of waiting to experience that a little bit and and uh, you know see how I like it because I think I think it'll be a lot of fun but uh, you know in the winter time I don't miss it at all. <laughs> yeah, what's it like right now in Ohio? Um, it has been pretty cold. Yeah. Uh, I think it was supposed to get down to like 26 degrees tonight, 26. and it was about 40 45 degrees today. So I mean it's it's, oh, it's definitely not, not a day for all yeah right. it's definitely. It's definitely not a day you want to be outside in the garage brewing beer, probably. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Anything I missed before? Because I want to make sure I give a good plug for the for the YouTube channel. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I can't think of anything that you miss necessarily. Um, you know, my thing is, I, there's a lot of people that are purists of one particular system or another or whatever. I'm not that way. Yeah, I mean, as you know. As you know, I, you know I, I've been dabbling with everything electric brewing from one gallon batches. I just did a three gallon batch today. That's you know right there, and you know I, I I was really really surprised at the amount of response that the one gallon two gallon batch system got because there were so many people uh-huh. that really came out and said, yeah, you know I I like brewing that way because of the fact that. I can have multiple beers, you know, constantly on tap and I'm not going through a five gallon batch myself. I I never expected the amount of response that I got from it, you know, over on Reddit. I mean, it was, it was at the top of Reddit for probably two or three days and it's still, you know, pretty close to the top of the, of the feed there with positive, you know, with, with upvotes. And I, I just really, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it really uh, that, you know, that was that big of a thing. But apparently it is. So, you know, it's one of those things where I've kind of gone where the where the path leads. And I just did that three gallon system today and you know, three gallon batch today on the other system with an induction plate and a, a sous vide uh, immersion heater. Yeah. And it went it went really well. I, you know, I, I'm actually going to be releasing that video shortly. And the, the company that sent me the two products are giving me a coupon code. So, I mean, nice. it, it's one of those things where, you know, that system is, is really cool because, if you buy a kettle that's already ported and everything with a, with a, a dip tube on the inside and a ball valve, I mean, there's nothing to assemble. You don't have to build anything. Yeah. It's just, you, know, you can, you can set it on your counter, you can brew. And then, you know, you can also, and I want to maybe explore, you know, you, you can use the same components to cook dinner with. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, there's a lot of versatility to that. You know, even I've, I've laughed about using my big kettle before to do a sous vide entire Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. You know, there's space for it, you know, so, yeah. but you know, I, that's one of those things where, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of people should brew electric because it's just, it's so much safer. It's so much easier. You can do it inside. I know that, you know, a lot of times there's that significant other factor where they don't it's like the huge. smell of it. Yeah. I, I'm extremely fortunate that like I brewed that today and yeah. my wife came in and she's like, man, that smells good. Nice. <laughs> oh, so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes you you have to go. You, even if you're brewing electric, you might have to go in the garage or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> um, I, I think it's just so much safer, safer, and so much more economical from a, a, a economy of output scale. You know, based on how much you pay for energy 
versus the output of the beer. So, you know, I, I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of it. And that's pretty much, you know, ever since I found it and started doing it, that's, that's all I've ever liked doing and enjoyed doing. And, and, you know, I like exploring anything that I possibly can that, that people are interested in, in brewing electrically. Excellent. Hey, thank you for sitting down with me. Sure. The YouTube channel. Yeah. Does it have a, an easy way to get to it? YouTube.com forward slash. Yeah. Yeah. Short circuit of brewers. Oh, nice. Just straight out. S H O R T C I R C U I T E D brewers. In hindsight, it's a pretty long name, but it, it works, you know. When someone sits here and spells it to you, <laughs> I, right. well, I have to do that. Otherwise, I'm spelling it wrong. I have to sit here and go, S-H-O-R-T-C-I-R-C. It's circuit is the word that yeah. I have an issue yep. with. Yep, exactly. That's the one that always gets me, too. Some, I, I leave out an R or an I or something. And so, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, so, Short Circuit of Brewers on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, Instagram. Instagram, um, Instagram is short circuited brewer. Brewer, because okay, because the, the length issue. Characters. Uh, <laughs> all right. And then um, I couldn't fit it on Twitter. It's SCB Club. SCB so I mean, I was, it was Good. yeah. And then uh, Reddit is short circuited brewer. I mean, there's I'm, I'm pretty much I try to put it out everywhere I can. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, not on Snapchat or Skype, but <laughs> so yeah, please like and subscribe to the short circuited mm-hmm. brewers it's uh, youtube.com forward slash short circuited brewers and again thank you so once again thank you for listening to west new york brews and thank you to brian huntley for helping with with the resources over there at short circuited brewers please give them a follow check out the hopped up network and if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing this podcast or if you'd like to support in a different way please go to wnybrews.com forward slash support most of the ways up there Uh, Take very little time. Most of them are free um, in ways that you can support this podcast. And thank you for listening. And as always, thank you to the Rearview Ramblers for the use of their song. You can't buy beer with condolences at the end here. Check them out at rearviewramblers.com or on Facebook or Twitter and check them out in the local music scene. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you on the next one. Because you can.